I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I'm no, not you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who do we have tonight? Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. People who follow the predator investigations often ask which predator I've caught got the longest prison sentence out of all 400 plus of them. Ironically, the one who did is also the predator who maybe had the longest and most arduous trip from where he was to where he wanted to meet a child. And that distinction goes to Jean-Pierre Wary, a wary traveler indeed. Jean-Pierre Wary, 48 years old. Where do I begin? Where do I start to unpack? There's so much to this one single predatory human being. He surfaced during our investigation in Riverside County, California. Perverted justice decoys were in a number of chat rooms in the area during this particular investigation. As you probably know, it was our third investigation of the original series and the first in which we partnered with law enforcement, in this case, the Riverside County Sheriff's Department. 51 men showed up over three days, including Wary. Wary was on a gay dating site, according to perverted justice decoys at the time. And he approached someone online who clearly was acting as a 13-year-old boy. His name was Luke. And the discussion gets pretty graphic pretty quickly. Weary claims that he's a photographer, that he did some work for Kindergarten Cop. This investigation took place in January of 2006, just so you have the time frame down. I don't think that was true, but he did have a camera and he did take pictures. It turns out that Weary had a a checkered past, a criminal past, a disturbing past. Now, we started to know more about this in the hours before he arrived. And you'll hear in a minute what he had planned to do with this 13-year-old boy named Luke he thought he was going to meet. 
But Weary had been in trouble on at least two occasions in the past. One had involved a sexual assault of a young woman, and the other was a physical assault in a fight. And we'll get to more about his past in just a little bit here, because he actually wrote an autobiography in prison. We'll get into the truth and veracity of that autobiography, but he did write it a few years back. So here's the chat, or the essence of the chat, between Wary, who is also known as Michael. Now he's known as Damien. Apparently that's his Christian name, Damien Marti, since he's gone to prison. Anyway, he jumps into it pretty quickly. There's talk of a photo session where he says, you might just make a good one, meaning a model, I suppose. I'd like to talk to you about that. Totally up for what you want to do. How old are you? 13. How tall? Wait, I saw you on XY. You gay? Being gay is really cool if you are. And would you be adverse to meeting me in town alone? The response from the decoy, yep, I'm 13. Lots say I look older and always getting pimped by guys who want me, but how much money can I make? So he's acting out, you know, as a 13-year-old who may or may not have had some sexual experience and, and some experience dealing with this sort of thing online. And he asks what he may have to do, like anything abnormal, anything outrageous, where he says, I don't know yet. You haven't told me how much to go on, how tall and built. He talks about being a member of SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, then asks, have you ever done it with one of those guys that wanted you? Would you do it with a caring man? What is SAG? Where are you? Can I call you? Screen Actors Guild. You'll need SAG quality prints to get SAG ID. I can do that. So basically what Weary's doing here is trying to cajole this person who he thinks is a 13-year-old boy named Luke to let him photograph him so he can have pictures, so he can get into the Screen Actors Guild. But he also wants sex. And he makes that very clear in this chat. Weary asks if Luke is a cop. The decoy says, cop? No, I swear I'm not. I told you I want to be a model and get with a boyfriend who wants me more than just sex. I swear I'll do what you say if you like me. But I don't got no X-Pics of me. But if you got a cam, I want some of me. I just don't got a cam. I'm in Mira Loma. That's where the decoy house is, the sting house. And it sucks. My dad is off all week and driving me freak, but was going to sneak out to call you. How do you know model peeps? Weary says, well, I'll get the cam. You're right about porn, but that requires style and ability. I can check out both and tune you up where you need. Weary says, I'm a promotional photographer and have done such promotions as kindergarten cops and some porn, gay porno films. I want to shoot shots that'll promote you. I want to do the SAG shots for you and get them in so you can have your SAG card, which you must have if you are ever going to model. Real modeling is good to great pay, even land you an acting career. So is porn. Porn is more fun, if you see what I mean. When you say you want a boyfriend, do you want to have me inside you or inside of me or both? Can I taste your nuts? Will you suck me, says Weary. 
that's what porn is, lots of all-day sex. How could I promote someone I've never had lots of hot sex with? At this point, we pretty much know what Jean-Pierre Weary is all about. Weary says, I used the library computer and it's not going to be available till Tuesday morning. Please write till then, yet no, I'll not read it till Tuesday. You're going to do great. Just remember, nothing worthwhile happens overnight. Let's work through this together. Let's make coin with your great looks and abilities. Can we get together this next week? Bus will get you. And then there's talk of how Weary is going to sneak into the back of the home, get to the stairs, and go straight to the boy's bedroom where they can start their sexual relationship, the photo session. Weary has to take a bus. Four hours he's got to take this bus ride to get there. And he talks about how to get to the house from the nearest bus stop. They plan to meet at 11 o'clock the next night. Weary says, I was thinking it is much better to have to get to know you each other time. I may not have that kind of cash till later. He's talking about getting a camera. Besides, he says, the camera will be burdensome in a day of you getting to know me, my love. When does dad come home? He's worried about the boy's father being around. Send me the bus stop nearest to you. I can walk two miles easily. You love me? Is it okay if I'm in love with you, he says? If I want to care for you as my love? He's really laying it on thick now. And sure enough, the next night, just a while past 11, if I recall correctly, between 11 and midnight, Jean-Pierre Wary comes walking up the street wearing a backpack and an Indiana Jones-like hat, a very weary traveler. I mean, this guy looked like he had run an eco-challenge race. He had walked to get to the bus. He had been on the bus for some four hours or more. And then he's got to walk from the bus stop into this neighborhood, up the driveway, around the back of the house, and he gets to the back door, the sliding glass door, and I'm in the next room, and you hear him say, it's really creepy, psst, psst. You know, like he wants the boy Luke to come there. Now, Dell is the decoy, and there was some confusion in an earlier phone call. Dell, for a moment, thought she was talking to a predator who was looking for a girl. He got nervous where he did and hung up. But then they got the phone put back together and, and they figured it out that Dell was posing as a boy. So anyway, he comes in and this guy is moving fast where he is. And he is through the kitchen and climbing over the doggy gate between the kitchen and the next room before I can even get out and say, hey, hey, I need to talk to you which is exactly what happens. Listen to this. Hey, sir, sir, could you come back over here, please? And have a seat right on there. You should be in a hurry there. Go ahead, have a seat right there, please. All right. Please sit down. So why are you in such a hurry to get over on the other side of the fence? Oh, nothing. I thought I was looking for somebody to bring you. That's all. I came in here. I was just now told that gate's open. Come on in. Where he takes his hat off, sits down, still has his backpack on and we start the conversation now nothing he says adds up to me but he is one of the very few predators i'll give him this who did not break who did not 
finally give up and say, okay, I know this looks bad, or here is exactly what I was going to do, or you're right, you caught me in a lie. He fights it to the bitter end. He tells me that he was there to see a fellow named John Pedersen. And who were you looking for? John Pedersen. John Pedersen? Yeah. And why were you looking for John? Well, I was going to talk about some business. And what business was that? I'm going to try to do, try to find a job somewhere. And that on the bus, he met a quote-unquote Mexican man who said this John Pedersen at this address would have a job for him. Now, this obviously doesn't make sense because we know he was communicating with a perverted justice decoy from a library on a public computer. We know because he gave information about himself. We know because of the chat between him and the decoy. And we know that he showed up at the address he was given over the computer. So any of this stuff about coming for a job or leaving a note for this John Pedersen, it's all BS and we know it, but he's gonna keep at it. And he's gonna claim, and you'll hear this in just a second, that this computer could have been accessed by any number of other people who had his login and password. What this sounds like, Michael, is that you were coming here to have sex with a 13-year-old boy. Hell no. But why would you say these things to somebody you thought was a 13-year-old boy? Somebody else that was also on the computer in, in, in the library used been, been using my name. So it's one big mix-up. So you're saying this was somebody else, even though we know you were at the public library using a computer. And what you don't know is I was in the public library. That's what you may know. You don't know everything I know. I later asked him about some of the things in the chat, about being a promotional photographer for a kindergarten cop. I said, were you actually involved in the production? He said, no, but I saw the movie. So now that part of the story is starting to unravel. And this goes on for probably 30 minutes, my interrogation. And I ask him what's in the backpack and he starts to take the backpack off. And I start to think, oh God, what if he's got something in there? a gun, some other sort of weapon. And then I think better of it. And I said to him, just go ahead and keep the backpack on. And ultimately, after going back and forth with him, knowing why he was there, I mean, we know based upon the transcripts and the back and forth, I tell him that he's free to leave. This is what happens. Well, the reason why I'm so curious about all of this is that I'm Chris Hansen and we've been doing a story on computer predators, adults who go online to try to meet young teenagers. Now, if you have anything else you'd like to say for yourself, we'd love to hear it. If not, you're obviously free to leave and go on your way. I'm not doing anything. No, if there's not a Scott Pedersen. Do you have Scott Pedersen's name written down? No, I have an address. I can leave an address. That's all I was planning to do. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. Wary is arrested by the Riverside County Sheriff's Department. He's processed, and he is the only one in this investigation and one of the few in all of our investigations who was remanded without bail. In other words, he never got out of jail between the time of his arrest and his current incarceration. He's still in. He goes to trial and is convicted of solicitation lewd and lascivious behavior, attempted, 
and all of the things that predators are usually convicted of in investigations like this. Now, where as some of the predators in the same investigation got lower sentences, months in some cases, where he originally gets a 75-year sentence in prison, and that's because he's a three-time loser. He was convicted before a physical assault, as well as a sexual assault. Now, we get into this during the time of our interview in the house, and he tries to play it off as an inappropriate sexual contact with a, a girl a young female, and he doesn't want to answer it first. And I said, you know, you, you might as well just tell me. And he sort of says, and this is interesting, and I'm going to play it for you here in a minute, what do I get if I tell you? Now, he's got to be thinking if he gets prosecuted in this case, and he doesn't know yet that the sheriff's department's waiting for him outside. He doesn't know this yet. But he's thinking if he's caught, if I'm a cop and not the mad dad, and I don't think he had a clue I was Chris Hansen at the time. He knows he's going back, and on a third rap, he's in trouble. So he's fishy about it, but listen to what he says. If you were anybody that had access to my record, you look at my record, you figure out that the only time I had any problems with anybody was a young woman, unless you look at my adolescent stuff, and then I was an adolescent. So you've got a record? I'm guessing I do. You're guessing you do. I have a record. You know it. You had a problem with a young woman? A long time ago. Do you do time for that? Don't you know? I'm asking you. Why are you asking? I want to know. You want to tell me the real story now? Or you want to go with what you got? It's up to you. And what does the real story get me? Well, in fact, those convictions existed. And he was sentenced as a three-time loser, 75 years in prison. Now, later on appeal, that sentence was reduced to 50 years. But this is just the beginning of the Jean-Pierre Wary story. Because once he gets into prison, he files a whole series of complaints about his treatment his sexual escapades, his abuse. He does say that the guards tried to help him out, and, and he claims that he's not gay, but he's bisexual, and obviously nobody cares either way, except for the fact that apparently, according to the story he later tells, word gets out in the prison, and he's abused and pimped out because of that. So his first few years in prison are not good. And ultimately, he's transferred and learns his lesson and just shuts up and apparently gets into a better situation as far as prison goes. And at some point along the way, he and his cellmate, who he calls his celly, decide to write a book together. It's billed as an autobiography of Jean-Pierre Wary. Now, he doesn't use that name. His new name is Damien Martigue, and he's the co-author with someone who goes by Eric Cern, who's the selling. This book actually is available on Amazon. 
Weary's book is entitled In for Life, Confessions of a Three Strikes Prisoner. Came out in July of 2017. Damien Lartigue is the name he uses as the author, along with his Sally Eric Sen. The book has a three-and-a-half-star rating. It's available for around 17 bucks, it looks like, on paperback. It's in stock, and it says here in the About the Author section, Damien Lartigue inspired to be a drug and alcohol abuse counselor and relationship therapist. He's a graduate of Kent State University in Ohio and currently resides in Jamestown, California. That's where the prison is, apparently. He has written a few papers on relationship theology, is working on a novel, and facilitates a local Celebrate Recovery small group ministry and recovery program. Then it says about the co-author, his celly, Eric Sen, he served proudly in the U.S. Navy, worked as an IT networking systems analyst at NASA Ames Research Center, and lives in Discovery Bay, California, with his golden retriever and a shipperkey. He has two adult sons, and has self-published several science fiction novels. Apparently, the Sally got out. And, of course, as we know, Mr. Weary, Damien Lartigue, is still in prison. Now, it's interesting that we talk about him still being in prison because there are those in the TCAP community who have taken a look at the laws currently in California, including... Proposition 57, which was created to solve prison overcrowding by letting the third strike people who were in out early. And basically what Proposition 57 says is that any third striker whose third strike crime was neither violent nor serious can be released after serving two times the minimum sentence, where he was convicted of one count of attempted lewd contact with a minor and one count of attempted sodomy of a minor. Since they're both attempted crimes, there's a legal argument that they're not legally classified as violent or serious, and as such, could be eligible to get out after serving 16 years, which would be right about now. Interestingly, Weary did give an interview behind bars about five years ago, and he spoke to Joey Teacap, who you know from being on this show and from being a chronicler of all things to catch a predator. Joey actually got Weary on the phone and had a discussion with him. And Weary is, you know, not all there, you can tell. And he's living in his own delusional world. And remember, this is a guy who wrote an entire autobiography about what happened to him and didn't once mention his arrest in Riverside County, California, in the sting that I conducted, that the Riverside County Sheriff's conducted, that made him an iconic TCAP figure in the first place. So keep that in mind. So five years ago, Joey does his interview with Jean-Pierre Wary, who now goes by Damien, his Christian name. And Joey has kindly allowed me to use some of that interview here which I think you might find interesting. He talks about his childhood, which by all accounts was horrific. A series of abuses in his early life, being molested apparently by a stepfather, being kicked out of the house at 17, 
and getting into trouble over and over again, leading to his criminal history. I was less than 12 years old, and I decided to run away. And the police were bringing me back. And I certainly explained to the cops that my daddy had reached me. And I had decided that if they're just going to take my statement and then beat me on the head with it, why do I trust you? You know? They would bring you back home? He's going to just do nothing but bring me back to the person who raped me. And he talks about his current life in prison, that he gets by, that he's found God and religion, and he tries his best to help other inmates. He does talk about the sting in Riverside. The sign glass door was open, but the screen door was closed. She says, I hope you brought the camera. We write down, I said to myself, I'm leaving. Something didn't feel right. That was the that was that moment. Something just didn't feel correct. And I said goodbye. I'm, I'm at the door, and it was like cameras on me. And I was like, "What the?" And that's how the ball game got started. The takeaway, I think, from the Jean Pierre Wary case is that some of this clearly can be laid off on bad childhood experiences being sexually molested as a kid himself. But at what point does that person have to take responsibility, get help, and make sure that they don't continue this cycle of abuse? Weary at one point saw a counselor and a therapist, a doctor, and had a relationship with this person, according to him. And initially, or Originally, as a child, Wary was diagnosed with borderline schizophrenia. And later, when he sought help from this therapist, that diagnosis was changed to being mildly autistic, to having Asperger's syndrome. Now, that's got no link to his criminal behavior, obviously. But it did apparently form a bond between this doctor and the doctor's husband two men. And to hear Wary tell the story, he did live on and off again with these two men, one being the therapist. And there's no abuse described here. It was just a relationship that continued from the time that uh, Wary was a young adult and Wary was allowed to live there and perform household duties. and, And apparently there was a physical relationship as well, but he was an adult. It's not described as abusive in any way, but he is just one of these guys who even if you believe half of what he says and all of what's in the court record, what a horrible existence, what a bad life this guy has had. And you want to sort of maybe forgive somebody with that life experience for acting out themselves. But I can't, to be honest with you. I just can't when it comes down to harming a child. I can't because I know too many people who've come up to me over the years and pulled me aside at a restaurant or at some social gathering and said, do you have a minute, can I talk to you? And I almost always say yes. And the person will tell me a story about how they were sexually abused as a child and how the predator stories helped them to either cope with that experience, get help, or just to realize that, you know, look, 
these guys are out there and it gives them some sense of control, power, relief, I suppose, to know that law enforcement's out there tracking guys down who commit these crimes, that we're exposing them on our investigations. And none of these people have acted out and abused other kids based upon their experiences. So Weary's background, his horrible existence as a child, to me, isn't justification. And I do think, based upon what I know about all these cases, Jean-Pierre Weary, today, is exactly where he should be, behind bars. Because it doesn't seem like he's the kind of guy who's going to do society any favors once he gets out. I could be wrong. Maybe he's changed. And maybe he'll speak out to me at some point. He doesn't particularly care for me, apparently. But again, we do get some insight because of the indefatigable Joy Teacap. Jean-Pierre Wary, now 64 years old, still in prison in California. Doesn't look like he's getting out anytime soon. But when he does, we'll update you here on Predators I've Caught. I'm Chris Hansen. If you need to get a hold of me, shoot me a note at chris at predatorpodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening.